So look inside your outline quickly, if you would. On a more serious note, today is Father's Day, but this is also the day we remember the special honors that is ours as fathers. We recall and reflect on all that comes with the title and responsibility of being a father. We remember the joys and the pains, the victories, the trials, the good and the bad. Our mistakes and failures and the few times we actually got it right. We reflect on the truth that it's easier to become a father than it is to be a father. We realize that we're not ready, as ready or fully equipped and prepared for the task as we thought we were. We are thankful for those who have endured with us as we endeavor to grow through the process. We have all come to realize that this is not a mistake-free job. We all wish we could do it better or would have done it better. That our past would have less influence on our present. That our anger and frustration at times would have been more seasoned with grace. That we could have been there all the time. That we always had the right words. That our choices would not have affected your lives. That we really could live up to what's inside of those cards. It is our prayer today that you will learn from our mistakes and not repeat our failures or experience our pain. That you could view our life as an instructional video on what not to do so that the pain of our past would not be a part of your future. It is our prayer as fathers today that your heart will be open to our wisdom gained through the experience of time, trial, and error. That our flaws would not cloud your vision of our heart towards you. That, would you, that you would know that we always have had the heart of God towards you. And even if it doesn't always come out of us in ways that can be seen. I believe that we live in a world that is filled with lies, deceptions, temptations, and distractions. It is filled with pain and marred with scars. And truly there is an enemy that enjoys nothing more than seeing the family destroyed by selfish ambition and self-centered personal interest. He wants to see ourselves. He wants us to see only ourselves and to make every choice based upon what is best for me. His final goal is to leave us broken and rejected with the sense of failure and defeat that we could never overcome. The enemy hates all that is good and all that is of God. He is the author and the finisher of our failure and our pain. But there is another side to life that he desperately seeks to hide from us all. It is the truth about a loving father who understands us and has made a way for us back into his care. He has never given up on us or changed his heart towards us. Nothing we can do or have ever done will ever move him off of his love for us. I love the old song that Dallas Holm used to sing. It says, the eyes of God are upon me. He sees everything I do. The arms of God are around me and He keeps me safe and secure. And He knows where I am every hour of every day. He knows each thought I think and each word that I might say. And although there were times that I've been out of His will, I've never been out of His care. How many know that's a great song? Amen. And the second chorus says, verse says, This changing world alarms me with war, with sin and strife, but my loving Father, He charms me with joy, with peace, and with life. And He knows where I am every hour of every day. Praise the Lord. Amen? If you have your Bibles, go with me, Matthew chapter 6. And as I was preparing for this morning and going through my notes for this, I just began meditating on... Uh, the, uh, 
the Lord's Prayer and what the Lord said. And uh, I felt like the Spirit of God just gave me this for us this morning that we could just walk through this. And for us as fathers, I don't know about you, but, but I actually found out that we do come ill-equipped. The moment you have children, there is no training manual. Amen. I listened to one guy talking about it the other day, and uh, there was a young man graduating from school, and he got his, uh, his Ph.D. in, in, in parental psychology and, fam- and family uh, counseling and that. And so for his thesis, he, he wrote five definitive truths for child raising. A few years later, he got married and had his first child, and he changed it to five practical ideas for child rearing. By the time he had finished... With having five children, he had retitled the book completely to, Help Me, I'm Dying. <laughs> because, in fact, we, we were laughing last night and uh, at dinner. Brian and Jamie made us dinner and Cody was there. And, and Brian and, and Cody and I were sitting there at the couch. We were talking and uh, uh, I was talking about living long enough to see all my grandchildren. And uh, encouraging them to have some. Jamie, now that she's married, Cody's starting with the wife first. And uh, then Cody goes, he's only going to have one. And I bluntly told him, I said, you will never be a real parent with only one child. Because until you find out the second one comes out from another planet and another world, (laughs) everything you knew about the first changes with the second. Could I get an amen this morning? And so I'm just thinking, as fathers, we need all the help we could get. And could it be possible that God gave us some instructions in the Word on how to be a father? So in the next few moments, walk through the Lord's Prayer with me. And I'm going to read it to you again out of the contemporary English version. I'll just read it with you first, beginning in verse 9 of Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, help us to honor your name. Come and set up your kingdom so that everyone on earth will obey you as you are obeyed in heaven. Give us our food for today. Forgive us for doing wrong as we forgive others. And keep us from being tempted and protect us from evil. I mean, that's a great model for a father. Amen? And that's essentially what he said. So walk through this with me if you would. When Jesus taught us to pray, I believe that he revealed the Father's heart to us and gave us as fathers a pattern to father. Our Father... Which simply means the acceptance of our children is vital. That we accept our children and them knowing that we accept them is vital. I believe that as fathers, we are the source of validation for their lives. We talked about it in discipleship this morning. And and we made the comparison between fatherhood and disciples. Being a father and being a disciple or disciple maker. And some of the responsibilities that come with that. Because someone who is a disciple who makes disciples is not just somebody who leads somebody to the Lord and lets somebody else raise them up into maturity in God. And a true father is not somebody who just bursts a child into the earth and let somebody else raise him up into maturity and adulthood, but a true father takes on the responsibility of raising that child up and providing and covering that child, but also validating that child by letting them know you are their father. Amen. Children, our children need that. And in our society today, that's one thing our kids are missing is the validation that only 
a father can give them. I'm sorry as we talked about it last week, but Heather has two mommies. Two mommies will never be able to bring the validation of a father into a child's life. And just as sure as Billy can have two daddies, but two daddies can't bring the nurturing and the care and the love that a mother can bring into it. I don't care how many operations one of the daddies have. So our Father, the acceptance of our children is vital, and we are the source of validation in their life. Let me just say this, and, and, and I don't want to belabor this point on doom, but when we talked about taking a stand last week and with our Supreme Court deciding the difference in the change of the definition of marriage for our land, if our nation goes down this road, we are celebrating Father's Day today, but when they say we don't want to change it, we just want to be let in, that's like the tea bag saying to the hot water, I don't want to change you, I just want to be let in. You, you can't be in without change. And I submit to you today that it won't be long that if our nation redefines marriage, it won't be long till we are not allowed to have a Mother's Day and we are not allowed to have a Father's Day because it will be discriminating against those couples that only have our same-gender couples and same-gender parents. And so you're making their children feel bad because they don't have the same identity in the same home. And so we will lose Mother's Day and we will lose Father's Day and we will only be allowed to have Parent Day. You say, oh, it would never come to that. How many things did you say you would never come to that, that it has already come to that? And so what I say, we don't think far enough down the line. But he says here, our Father who is in heaven, we need the validation that only a Father can bring. Who is in heaven, though we are above them and cover them in many ways, they need us to be accessible to them. Children need accessibility. And Jesus showed us that we have accessibility with our Father. And he says, hallowed be thy name, or may your name be honored. It is important that we give them our name, and that our name represents our integrity. How many know in America today, we need fathers and men of integrity again? It's one thing, yes, I want to terrorize my children. Yes, I want to torment my grandchildren. Yes, I want to spoil them and send them home to get even with my kids. I'm going to do all that stuff. Yes, amen. But somewhere along the line, we need to, our, our nation needs men of integrity again, that when our children name our name and they take on our name, we've given them something of value, that our name is again our bond and our word is our bond. Amen. It used to be your name would be worth something and it represented something. And we need that integrity restored. So honored is your name. Then he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Our authority is for training them to understand and respect authority and a covering of protection for them as well. It's not just for correcting, but it's also God's given us authority over our children. Our children need the protection of our authority over their life. We're losing that today. In our society as a whole, in the body of Christ, the church has to rise up and reclaim some of this ground. Somebody should at least say amen. And he says, that, so in that, give us this day our daily bread. They need us to be more than just the authority over their lives, but they need us as fathers to be the provider and the protector as well. We are being told today that we can father children, we can be parents, and we can give them over, and the state will take over the responsibility. It's not somebody else's responsibility to raise what you gave life to. Amen. And you need to think about that. I have a friend from high school that, is, uh, that, that was on, uh, uh, on Facebook there. And she posted something, I guess, last year. Uh, I love Governor Rick Perry in Texas. 
and uh, they're doing stuff but taking a stand, but they, with some of their budgets cut, they took some of the budget cuts away from Planned Parenthood and some of the health clinic, and people go in there, and they're all upset because people can't go there and get their birth control and everything else. If you need free birth control, you shouldn't be having sex. If you're going to have sex just to have an abortion, you shouldn't be having sex. If you're going to take the responsibility of having sex and engaging in the thing that is procreative by nature, and you have to do something dramatic to keep life from coming forth, then you are not ready to it. If you are not ready to birth, to raise what you give life to, then we don't need to redefine it. Amen. Get a dog, get something else, but don't have sex. Amen. If you need attention, I'm not talking about bestiality. Don't get weird on me. I'm just saying, but get something else. You don't need a boyfriend. You don't need a girlfriend. You don't need to play house. You don't need to play mommy and daddy. You don't need to do anything without the commitment. Hello. Because once that life comes into play, you're responsible to raise it. Are you with me? And we need fathers back in the home because today we're told, I, I can do that and I don't have to be responsible. And the state will take over and, and, and my girlfriend and the mother of my child can now get aid and I don't have to be there. We need, give us this day our daily bread. Children need to be able to look to their father and expect that the father will be there to give them the bread, to give them a house, to give them clothing, to give them protection, to provide for them all the days of their life. Somebody ought to shout amen we need fathers restored to our land give us this day and then forgive us for doing wrong they need us to model forgiveness to them through unconditional love that always embraces them in their failure but does not always condone their conduct every parent has been there we unconditionally love our children nothing they do and nothing they will nowhere they will go anything they will ever do will ever change the fact that we love them but it doesn't mean that we unconditionally condone all of their behavior and we're being told today that love condones everything. No, it doesn't. Sometimes love disciplines something. Because we know if we allow you to go down that road and to partake in that behavior, it's a road that leads to destruction. And it takes a father to do that. Somebody ought to shout amen. We talked about this with our men this morning. I believe God's raising up some men in Solid Rock Face. I believe the church is rising back up and taking its place again. Said it last week. I like what Mark Gunger said. I'm against the wussification of America and American men. Hallelujah. Forgive us for doing wrong. They need it again. Let me say it again. To model forgiveness to them through unconditional love that always embraces them in their failures but doesn't always condone their conduct. And for they will always be our children. Amen. They will always be our children. We are always God's children. And then it says, as we forgive others. And let me say this. Our pattern for forgiveness will be the model that they will follow. How are you doing, Dad, at forgiving? How are you doing at forgiving? Let me just say this. I'll just be real straight up and honest and open this morning. Many of us come. I came from a broken home growing up. Maybe you come from a broken home. Maybe you're in a mixed marriage relationship and mixed parents and two homes blended together and blended family. We come from that. But the way you move on, the way you deal with favor, uh, uh, a failure, and the way you talk, you're modeling something before your children. And if you made a mistake, 
and failure happen and things happen, then by all means, walk in love and walk in forgiveness because if you're still judging that past and still dealing with that old thing and that old relationship and you're critical and you're bitter and you have a, a animosity towards that and judgment towards that thing, don't be deceived that that won't find its way into the current relationship that you are in. You can't because the root of bitterness will spring up and defile. Are you with me this morning? And so as fathers, we model forgiveness for our children. It is important that your children don't see you battling and struggling. And your children should never be a pawn in the middle of a relationship. They didn't ask for this. You made the mistake, not them. Hello? And so you never barter with children. Are we doing all right this morning? I know I'm meddling really hard this morning. But this is Father's Day and we no, nobody says anything straight anymore. We need fathers in our nation today. We need fathers in the church today rising up and taking accountability in this area. So forgive us our debt. So we model that before them as we forgive our debtors. We become that model of forgiveness that they're going to follow. And then it says, lead us not into temptation. That means that our children will be looking to us for more than just our words. They need us to be a guide and a role model that will lead them to safety. Somebody say amen. They need it. I mean, that, that, I, I love Patricia, but I'm, I, I, now I've got to live up to all that stuff. That's a tall order. Okay, now you've got to have integrity. You've got to have character. You've got to do that. And you've got to hold on to your word. And you've got to watch that. But hey, we're able for the task. We're equipped. Come on. We say, well, I can do that. Yeah, but God's grace is sufficient in the weakness that we have. Instead of finding an excuse, we should be running to the power of God's grace. Paul said, I will glory in 2 Corinthians 12. Paul said, I'll glory in my weakness because when I'm weak, that's when the power of Christ rests upon me. He prayed, God, get me out of this. Get me delivered from this thing and this burden that's attacking me over and over. I prayed three times, haven't removed. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. And Paul's definition of that is when I'm weak, then the power of Christ comes upon me. Guys, as fathers, when we feel weak, when we feel like we can't do it, that is not the time that we cut and run. That is not the time when we buy into the excuse of our society and the lies of the culture of our day that's the time we fall on our knees and we cry out to God and say God I'm weak and I need grace in this moment and in this hour God let your power rest upon me my children need me to be their father not somebody else they need me as their father so don't lead your children into temptation I told our men in discipleship, and, I, and, and I'll say it here this morning, but some of the things we talk about is this, is that what you and I do in moderation, our children will do in excess. Remember that. When, when you're making all your life decisions, you're making all, and, and today everybody says, this doesn't affect anything but me. Well, once you have little eyes watching you, once you have little eyes, I'm aware of this even as a pastor and things that I've done and dealing with things. I see it today in my children, and that's why I say we wish we could go back. And that's why I put it in there. Please use our lives. When you look at us as your father, please use our lives as an instructional video on what not to do. Amen? But we need to set that model and that example for them on how to live right and not lead them into temptation because we found what we do moderately, they will do an excess. And so today, we, we have a lot of moderate Christianity. I, don't want my, I want my children to moderately serve God. I want them to wholeheartedly serve God. I'm so proud of my son and my daughter-in-law that they're youth pastors and pastors here in this church and leading another generation. Thank God. Yeah. Amen. 
and, and running with God. That's what we want. We want our kids running hard for God, but they need a model to follow. Amen. Thank you for a holy hush. Praise the Lord. Then lastly, it said, deliver and protect us from evil. Our children rely on us for more than just provision. It's not enough to send a check, Dad. They need you there. They need you there. Amen. They need the covering and protection that only a father can provide. And we are extremely vital to their safety and future. They need our wisdom and our strength and our defense. I put you like, I don't want anybody else having to defend my kids. Amen. I mean this in a good way. You've heard me say it, and don't use this as a license for you to be stupid. Sometimes people take things I say and use it for a license to be stupid. Don't do that. When I say there's some things where I'm not sa- that saved yet, it's like when I was getting off the plane in the airport, Pastor Sue and I forget, we were flying back from Seattle one time, and there was a guy behind me comes from a culture that has no respect for women. So I step out of the aisle, and I'm letting my wife go in front of me, and this guy starts mouthing off behind me. I'm telling you, I'm not that saved. Right, Pastor Zane? I mean, it, that sometimes we could just go postal and it wouldn't be our fault. <laughs> Besides that, if I hit you, it's not an unpardonable sin. I can repent later. I'm just kidding. But this guy, he follows us off the plane. And he's walking behind me and he's cussing and carrying on. And I turn around and say, are you talking to me? And I'm, like, I'm, I'm in throwdown mode. I'm down. I'm done. I'm gone. I'm not a pastor. I'm not in the pulpit. Nobody knows me here. But now it's my wife and me, and you've gone way too far. And I'm not just going to turn around and go, bless you, my child. I'm going to lay hands on you suddenly. It's like I said a few months ago, in fact, we pulled into Sam yesterday and got some gas, and I'm in there pumping gas, and one dude, I've never seen anybody this rude. In fact, we saw a thing yesterday that's kind of weird too, but uh, <laughs> we're, at the, we're, we're pulling the gas station, and I'm on the far left bay over here, and on the far right bay, you, you, there, it, there's a curb there, but if the person at the last pump pulls up far enough, you can go around and pull the first pump of somebody else. Well, this poor lady in her van is there, and she didn't pull up far enough, so the guy can't get around. The car in front pulls out. This jerk gets out, goes up to this poor lady, young lady, pumping her gas, not much older than, than, than some of our young ladies in here, and, and, and starts reading her the riot act and cussing at her. And everybody just standing there pumping their gas. Okay, I couldn't take it. I went over and called the dude out. I said, hey, like that. Are you kidding? I said, you don't talk to a woman like that. You need to shut up, get back in your car, or come talk to me like that. And everybody's looking at me going, oh. What I'm saying, there's some things you need to take a stand for, amen? But we need that protection, that covering in our life as fathers. And we need to deal with that. We need to be men. And we need to rise up. And I don't want anybody else protecting my family. In fact, I want to be known as a protector. I don't need somebody in between. And when it comes to fighting for our families and fighting for our children and protecting our children, listen to me, man. If you're engaged enough with a young lady and you want to convince her that you love her enough, that you want to have relations with her, and the byproduct of that relations is you could birth a life into here, then you be man enough by all means to stand up and take responsibility 
for that child and not turn that child over to somebody else. No child you ever give birth to should ever have to know what it means to sit on another man's lap and have somebody other than their father and call that person daddy. Hallelujah. I made that mistake. I've carried that guilt. I've had that burden. But I'm telling you, we can repent. We can turn this thing around and we can find restoration. We can seek forgiveness from our children and restoration of relationship. But on Father's Day, we need to be somewhere taking a stand for being fathers once again. And I've asked men, I told the men in discipleship today, I shared that because I've asked men that in counseling when marriages are breaking up. One of the things I asked them, so you're okay. If Sean and Dana were breaking up and they came to me for counseling or somebody, hopefully the person would say, so let me just see, you're okay. Whatever problem you have that you say is too great, that's irreconcilable and you can't make it work, you're okay with your boy sitting on another man's lap and looking in his eyes and calling him daddy instead of you. You're okay. This problem is greater than that and you could relinquish that. I don't think so. Something in me would rise up and say, I don't care what it is. I will fight to save this marriage. I will fight to resist. I could choke anything down to keep another man becoming my father and my children life. Somebody ought to shout amen. All right, I'm done. So listen, though we can at times feel grossly inadequate for the job at hand. Courtney, could you come back to the camp piano, honey? I hope I didn't scare you this morning visiting here today sweet little thing and comes in and this guy goes off. <laughs> Though we can at times feel grossly inadequate for the job. Hear me guys. Though we can at times feel grossly inadequate for the job. I felt that daily. I still feel that today. All my children are grown. Living their own lives. Cody's going to college. August soon I'll be home alone hallelujah and, uh, I'm going I'm 60 I get my own house this is awesome amen but they're grown but I still look and say hey I'm aware of my mistakes and my failures on a daily basis and wish I could make changes we may be inadequate but our Father will grace us to complete the task successfully. See, today we could turn our hearts towards God, our Heavenly Father, and allow Him to heal our hurts, soothe our pain, and renew our hope. Sometimes as fathers we fail because we never let our Heavenly Father completely heal us. When we've gone through the journey and the encounter program and we have our, our weekend encounter, that's part of what that's all about is just letting God, just being honest enough to let God heal you so you can minister to people out of a whole heart. He's the God who turns brokenness into wholeness, failure into victory, and sorrow into joy. And all He wants for Father's Day is you. We're here not just to talk about us as fathers, but hopefully we gather once a week because we're aware that we have a Heavenly Father loves us so much that he gave his only son that whatever had kept us out of relationship with him I love what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 when he said that God was in the world through Christ 
reconciling us back to Him. And God's love is that He could reconcile each one of us in this room back into an intimate, pure relationship with Him. Nothing between us. Where He's no longer just loving us unconditionally, but not able to contone our behavior. But not only does He love us unconditionally, but He is promoting and acknowledging and empowering our behavior. Could I get an amen? That's what He looks for. Enabling us and sending us. Hallelujah. And there's so many things in so many areas that touch fathers today. So before we close and pray, Stephen, if you get that last clip ready, the ushers will help us with these lights. Amen. Father, today, so many levels of relationship when it comes to our fathers. We thank you for showing us 
what it is possible for us to be. That we can be men who provide acceptance for our children. That we validate and give them identity in our name. That we give them a name to honor. That we provide for them. We cover and protect them in every circumstance and situation. That we lead them wisely and defend them with all that we are. That we show them how to handle hurt and failure and pain. And we give them a path of truth to follow. Lord, I pray for every father, grandfather, everyone here in their relationships. Those who are here like me whose fathers have passed to be with you. Those who have had a strained relationship, we pray for reconciliation today, Father. Whatever it is, God, restore fathers to the church, to our nation. Help us raise up again godly men that lead from generation to generation to turn the stem and hold back the tide that's waging against the family and the home. Lord, I pray your blessing over every man here that is a father today. Again, bless them, strengthen them, encourage them. In Jesus' name. Father, for everyone that's struggling in broken relationships, dealing with the guilt and the weight of failure, I've been there, I've been through that. Let them know your grace is sufficient. That your forgiveness and your restoration is sure. You were so gracious and forgiving in my life. Show that same mercy and love to them. I pray today for your blessing over their lives. Father, help us to walk through. Lord, I pray for men like Bill Anthony, who all but one of his children has gone before him. Fathers who deal with the loss of their children and outlive their children. Grace them in their pain. Comfort them in these times. So, Lord, we thank you for all that you do. We thank you for the family that you give us here in this house, how you bind and knit us together. Give us the courage to stand and to be the men that you've called us to be. Father, I pray over our young men who are seeking spouses and looking to get married and build and establish their homes and their lives. God, do a work in them today to establish your integrity and your character in them. To be men of God, men without compromise. Men who will fulfill like the poem Patricia wrote, Father, to be men of their word, men of character, men of longevity, in all those areas, Father. Let that be planted in their hearts today and a resolve to not move from that all the days of their life. I bless your men today in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Praise the Lord. God's good. Amen. Tonight we will not have prayer. And uh, for Father's Day, I'm going to go home and cook hamburgers for my grandkids.
We're going to spend the afternoon together. And uh, so do something with your father, with your grandfather. Adopt a father. Adopt somebody. Do something. Bless somebody. Amen. Wednesday. Get signed up for Wednesday. Our 24-hour prayer on Wednesday. Sign up. Be a prayer captain. Come and pray with us during that 24-hour time. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you Tuesday night. God bless you.